0: Welcome to a special episode of the Robert J. Morgan podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. Today, Rob is joined by Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, a New Testament scholar, author, nationally syndicated radio host, apologist, a contributor for Fox News, who ministers internationally as president of Christian Thinkers Society. Jeremiah's Passion is working with local churches and pastors in equipping Christians to give intellectually informed accounts of what they believe. You can visit ChristianThinkers.com to learn more about Dr. Johnston and his ministry. Be sure to pre-order a copy of Dr. Johnston's upcoming book, Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God's Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness. This is available from Amazon for pre-order, and it comes out September 14, 2021. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan, and his guest, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston.
1: So for today's podcast, I'm very happy to have a really, really special friend of mine, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. He and I have gotten to know each other in the past year. I've been in his home. You've got to still come and be in mine, but Jeremiah, I deeply love and appreciate you. I've come, I've I've read your books for, for years, uh, But only in the past year have we come to know each other. But I would love for you to, I know you come from a wonderful family. I'd like to hear something about your background, uh, your education, your family. Just help us to get to know who you are.
0: Absolutely. Dr. Morgan, it's such a delight to join you on the podcast and see you again here today. Um, I am delighted to just have the opportunity to have this conversation with you because, as I've mentioned to you and to many friends, you have been our pastor uh, for many months now, not to date this podcast, but through and as we emerge from the pandemic. I just want to tell you how much I thank God for you, your preaching, your writing, your ministry, your biblical teaching, your biblical studies. Um, For me, I, I wrote to you months ago and said, you know, for those of us who are in ministry, those of us who are apologists, those of us who are on the front lines, it's a blessing when you find someone who ministers to you in a special way and you have been that not only in my life but in my wife audrey's life audrey and i have been married for nearly 17 months or 17 years and we have five children including triplet boys so we have a very busy family and you dr morgan have been a tremendous blessing in our life so we thank god for you and it's just a delight to know the man behind the ministry and uh just watch you how you approach doing ministry how you approach your family it's in so many unspoken ways you have been a blessing and an example to me. So, thank you. I'm delighted that uh, 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 Christian Thinker Society is our ministry. It's my calling. Uh, it's the great commandment. Jesus is approached by the nomikos, the grammatus, and they say, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And they're trying to trap him. 613 commandments in late Second Temple Judaism to, to choose from. And Jesus says, you'll, he quotes the Shema, but as only Jesus could, he modifies it. He says, love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind, that's the way in which he modifies it. Now, in the Hebrew concept, heart and mind, were one. Uh, I, Jesus takes it a step further. So as Christians, we're called, yes, to love God with our heart and our passions, but we're to love God with our thinking, with our cognitive abilities. And Dr. Morgan, since I believe we're living in the golden age of Christianity, there's more evidence that buttresses that undergirds our faith available now than at any other time in the last 2,000 years, it's really the golden age. And that's why I'm burdened that there's so much biblical illiteracy. It doesn't make sense that we have so much evidence for our faith. And by evidence, I mean even extra biblical evidence, evidence outside the Bible, material culture, the science of biblical archaeology, which is a rather new discipline that show us that not only can we trust the Bible, it's reliable, it's infallible, and we can base our life. We can bolt ourselves down to the truth of God's Word. And yet, Max Depree says leaders define reality. We're living in a reality, and I hope you don't mind me just cutting it straight. We have some of the dumbest Christians of all time who are in our churches. They have not followed Jesus' commandment to love God with their heart, soul, and mind. Now, they're wonderful people, and yet they're missing that biblical depth, and it's because we've lost this legacy of the great Christian thinkers who've come before us who... Dr. Morgan, when you study the first century, too, after the Jesus generation, these were men and women who outthought everyone around them. So we have this great tradition of Christian thinking that we've somehow lost, and we have biblical illiteracy that's rampant right now. And as I've written before, people go to Google instead of God's Word, and that's a shame. So our ministry is about equipping all of those Christians who are struggling in their faith, all of them, to love God with their heart, soul, and mind. Not just raise up a few Delta Force Christians like you, uh, but all God's people, to follow God and love Him with their heart, soul, and mind.
1: Well, I can sure see your passion on that. And how did you get there? So you, you, you grew up, you were born in Oklahoma or Texas, Texas? in Kansas. Yes. And so, but you ended up in Oxford, and then you ended up establishing the Christian Thinker Society. Just give me a, a little tour of your life and your path.
0: Thank you so much. I believe the world moves at the speed of relationships, just like how God brought us together. And I have the privilege to grow up in a wonderful Christian home. I have a godly Christian heritage that I'll always thank God for. In 2006, I was a seminary student, and I heard a gentleman lecture by the name of Professor Craig Evans, and he was from a place called Nova Scotia. Living in Canada, I thought that was like Europe. I had no idea where Nova Scotia was as a Midwesterner. And I he was, he was presenting... Uh, scrolls on a screen, fragments, papyrus. I had never, in my and here I am in a master's program, and to my knowledge, I could be mistaken, but to my knowledge, I had never seen certainly that level of study, fragments, the biblical evidence, things that you could touch and feel, P52, uh, oh my gosh, I, my mind is just swimming. I'm so excited, I need to shake this guy's hand. And I waited in line. And there was a long line, and I just shook his hand, and we connected. And then the following year when he came back, Craig Evans, to be a guest lecturer, actually at our church, uh, had a satellite class, I asked if I could just take him back uh, to his, his lodgings that night, and we became very good friends. He ended up mentoring me, and he showed me all of the pitfalls, and, he, and love, but all of the pitfalls even up to that point in my ministry and in my education and he challenged me and he found this phenomenal residential program in oxford where he could serve as my director of studies But I could still be residential at Oxford. I had a Bodleian A card. There are some faculty at Oxford that I don't think they have a Bodleian A card. It means I could, it's the highest level access you can have in the 104 libraries that make up the Bodleian. And so I did a PhD on the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. In fact, the interpretive tradition of resurrection belief in the Judeo Christian motif. It's over a 90,000 word. Uh, study in the resurrection of Jesus, uh, and it was a phenomenal experience to do that. And so, but, here's what I'd have to say, the, Dr. Evans knew this, the entire endgame of me pursuing studies at the intellectual Jerusalem, that is, Oxford, um, the whole point of being there was doing what I do now. And I often tell people that ask me, you know, how did you start your ministry, you know, was it a logo, how did you get that brand? People always talk about the brand, Christian thinkers. And you know what I've been telling them, Dr. Morgan? I became my ministry before I ever had a ministry. When I met Dr. Evans in 2006, I had my own questions about my faith, and I realized that even in local church ministry, there were so many questions still. Just because you fo- become a follower of Jesus, the questions don't stop. They just they change. And that's why apologetics is just important for believers inside the church as believers outside. So that's the genesis of it. It's why I went there. I wanted to have the same or similar educational credentials as many of the critics today, uh, but be iron-fisted for Jesus Christ and use that. And that was the time that we launched Christian Thinkers Society.
1: And just one more personal question. You have a a lovely wife, Audrey. I've had the joy of meeting her. We had supper together. And these children of yours, uh, tell me about them.
0: Uh, be careful what you pray for. All friends listening to this podcast, Audrey and I struggled. First off, Audrey and I met at summer youth camp. Uh, she was 17, I 20, and we were married about three and a half years later. And as I mentioned, we've been married 17 glorious years, and I wish I could have married her sooner. She reminds me she was only 20 when she walked the aisle. I wish it could have been sooner. Um, she is a true saint in human skin. She loves Jesus. She's a far better Christian than I am. I wanted to quit a thousand times when I lived in Summertown in Oxford, and she would tell me to get out the door and get back researching, and um, without her involvement, we, her co-calling in our life, um, none of this would be possible. We struggled with getting pregnant for five years, so I tell people, be careful what you pray for, because we now have five children, including the triplets. So I tell people, the, the boys are five years old, so we haven't slept in five years. Um, uh, at the same time, it is so fun and we love uh we love having jesus christ at the center of our family and that's 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 our without a doubt my first ministry first second and third ministry is to them and to our marriage and audrey's integral in what i do with christian thinkers and you and i
1: are co-warriors in the fight to keep american christianity and evangelicalism from slipping too far away from the from the center of gravity which makes up the core of the gospel um, and some of this can be seen every Sunday in churches all across America, this slippage that is taking place both in, our, uh, in the quality of the sermons from the pulpit and the quality of the worship taking place. And I know that you're concerned about this. This is you know, the, the great thrust of your ministry right. is to get Christians to think. But how would you evaluate what is happening right now in evangelicalism or in Christianity in general in America?
0: That's such a wonderful question, Dr. Morgan. Um, They're the best and the worst of times, all at the same time. And as one who's getting ready to critique it, I, I do want you to know I'm at the center of trying to fix it. Our ministry is called to inspire Christians and pastors to be thinkers and thinkers to be Christian. If I can paraphrase Augustine for a moment, we think in believing and we believe in thinking. We think in believing and we believe in thinking. I just paraphrased a whole section of Augustine for you. And as believers, as Christian leaders, we have to replicate in our congregations the belief in thinking and thinking in believing, that my belief is not separated from my thinking. And I am very concerned as I evaluate many pastors across numerous denominations, they're giving TED Talks, they're creative, they're humorous, they're funny, they're not exegetical. And sometimes they're not even biblical. Thirdly, sometimes you rarely hear a message with any recourse to the gospel. That's not the tradition we see in the Apostle Paul. Paul's writing to the Corinthians in a mountain peak passage in 1 Corinthians 15, and he says, I want to remind you of the gospel that was given to me, and he uses that Greek word protoise, prototype. This is first importance. Now, why did Paul need to remind the Corinthians of the gospel? Why, did he ne- why do we need, as Jerry Bridges said, need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day? It's so easy to forget, so easy to get used to it. And so we have this charge, those of us who are called to ministry, we have a charge to pass on the legacy of biblical fidelity to our congregations. We have to make it cool to study the Bible again. The Bible is really cool to study. It's a, it, you cannot exhaust it and there is so much evidence for it. And yet, so when I go speak, and I'm sure you've had this experience, you know, I was speaking somewhere recently and just showing a few slides, showing a few reasons why we believe the resurrection is legit, seven reasons I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I call it body of proof. And I mean, the response I received afterwards was so much excitement. So that tells me people want to be challenged. They want to level up, to use some people's terminology, their biblical uh, wisdom, their biblical knowledge, because it takes them deeper into their faith. Now, there are some churches that are doing this fabulously, and that's why they're flourishing, but I'm concerned when I see this new progressive Christianity, which is just liberalism with a new take on it. It's kind of like Paranormal's a new take on Satanism, you know, they, they have it's the same kind of principles that water down truth. And yet, how many Christians are so gullible, they're credulous, they don't have that spirit of discernment because they don't know the Bible like they should. If you know the Bible, you can, call this, you can pick this off in a second. What I'm hearing, that, that doesn't have any recourse of scripture, that's a different gospel. Uh, and, but if I don't know the scriptures, it gets me in trouble. And so that's what we're called to try to, try to fight against, to, to serve pastors and help them know why we can trust our faith.
1: And of course, you're a friend of Oz Guinness, I haven't yet read his his new book, but he has apparently the the thesis is that the whole American left is building their view of democracy from the French Revolution of 1789, whereas uh, the Judeo-Christian view of democracy is basically based on the the American Revolution of 1776. I'm I'm just fascinated to get into that, you know, to get into to his book. Uh, but there is a um, the societal Marxism and liberalism and all of the thinking, the secularism, the atheism is seeping now into into Christianity. We've got to be very careful about that. And the Christian Thinker Society is at the forefront in, uh, in fighting that. Well, uh, I want to ask you about your book. It's available now for pre-order, right? right? And we know how important pre-orders are. I don't know how the publishing industry got got into this, but every, every author needs pre-orders. So I want to encourage everyone to pre-order uh, Jeremiah Johnston's book, Shalom. Uh, and you're, you've just been gripped, haven't you, with that one Hebrew term, Shalom. Um, just tell, unpack that word, for me. I will. The
0: book is called Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God's Shalom and Your Pursuit of Happiness. Thank you so much, Dr. Morgan, for encouraging people to pre-order it. It's my number one question that I've received. Our ministries received thousands of questions from believers in the UK, Canada, and the United States. The number one question from believers is this whole question of anxiety, suffering, pain, suicide, mental pain, mental illness, uh, worry, chronic worry, however you want to label it. The question is, relates back to God's peace. And as we emerge from a pandemic, with all the unrest we see in the world, I can't think of any believer who doesn't say, you know what, I need more of God's peace in my own life. Unfortunately, we have lost this great tradition that Jesus introduced in his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes, that God, God wants us to be happy Um behind the text, it's almost like a giggly happy. I mean, there's a joy there, and not a superficial joy, a joy knowing whose we are, why we're here, what we're called to. And this word shalom is, is, appears over 500 times in the Bible, and it's a word that is so fascinating. I, I really believe, Dr. Morgan, next to the name of Jesus, there's no greater word that encompasses the gospel, the saving work of Jesus Christ, the coming recreation, than this word shalom. And it is, you know, wellness is such a trendy term today, but it goes far beyond wellness. Shalom is a flourishing that every believer in Jesus Christ can have in their life. Doesn't mean you don't have, it doesn't mean you don't have challenges, doesn't mean you don't have adversity, but it's knowing that Jesus Christ is my shalom, He's there with me in the adversity, and I can flourish no matter what I'm facing. Even in the midst of pain and disappointment, I can flourish once I unlock this teaching of God's shalom, His peace in my life. And so, in this book, I guide the reader by the hand, what is shalom? How do we have it? Um, and then I talk about very, I'm, I'm real into immediate practical steps. You know, how I have one chapter dedicated to the ministry of presence that I see literally exemplified with the Apostle Paul. Uh, we have a chapter that's dedicated even to just, um, what do I do if I can't feel my faith? We live in such a feelings-driven culture, and so I've invited a wonderful Christian psychologist who I interviewed about. You know, how do we keep feelings? We, we want feelings in our life, but we don't want them driving the car of our life. <laughs> you know, we want them in the car, but we don't want them on the gas uh, and on the steering wheel. And so um, I'm praying that this book brings people peace in their life. I'm praying that it teaches them, based on rebounding off this whole teaching of shalom, how they can flourish, which is far more than an absence of conflict or war. It's a flourishing that we can have when Jesus Christ is, he is our shalom and when we allow him to be the shalom in any, any issue that we have in our life. So that's what the book's about. We're gonna be doing a peace tour now. We've already been scheduling churches, um, keeping it very simple. We're just coming to talk about God's peace and um, I'm excited about the excitement related to it. So I appreciate your encouragement and prayers.
1: Well, thank you, Jeremiah. I've read the, uh, the manuscript and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can't wait to hold that book in my hand. Thank you for your work on that. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for your ministry. Your website, ChristianThinkers.com. Yes, (laughs) ChristianThinkers.com. So check out Jeremiah Johnston. Thank you again for being with with me and with all of us who are listening. And uh, may the Lord be with you until we meet again.